Hello and welcome to the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and this is the Arts Commission's weekly turn at the microphone here at MPB. Uh, it might sound a little bit different on the microphones today. That's because we're on the road. We're down in Ocean Springs at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center. That's not the whole thing, but we're going to get to it in a minute. But the Mary C. O'Keefe, as it's or the Mary C. as it's known in Ocean Springs. It's a, it's a wonderful community arts center that has so many different activities for all the visual artists, performing artists, uh, children, uh, senior adults. And we're here today to learn more about, uh, we're in the recording studio of the Mary C., another one of their uh, activities they have here. But we're here with Stacy Howell, the executive director of the Mary C., and she's going to tell us more about it. Hey, how's it going, Stacey? Hi, it's going great. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys here with us today. Well, it's great to be in this this historic building. Um, I always tell people when we talk about community arts centers mm-hmm. and what what one might look like, I said, you know, the Mary Seat. Now, I'm not denigrating any others. <laughs> Yakna Patafa, you know, calm down and all that. Columbus, <laughs> we still love you. But I always tell people if if you were going to cast a building to be an art center in a movie, I think the Mary C would do great wow. because it's this beautiful historic building in, mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the central part of ocean Springs. And every room you walk into is a different experience. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. The building was built in 1927, and it was a schoolhouse. And it was a school until about the 1960s. And then it became the central office for the area. And that was until about the early 90s. At that point, it was in such disrepair. It was one of the most endangered spaces in all of Mississippi that the the group of citizens and the city got behind the building and decided to renovate it to make it what it is. Is today. So it's been the Mary C for about the last 19 or so years. We're coming upon the 20th anniversary of the organization itself. Tell people um, a little about the just get, get we're going to get into it in very good detail here, but but give us just kind of an overview of what people can find at the Mary C. Uh, the Mary C, we have a little bit of ev- of everything. We have Becky's Kitchen as our culinary kitchen. It is a Viking kitchen, and it seats about 30 people in there. We also have, of course, the recording studio. We have our theater that seats 383 people, an art gallery, a history museum, um, art classes for just about all ages, and a variety of art forms. And unlike a lot of the other experiences on the coast, which are, you know, we know the Walter Anderson, we know the Oro O'Keefe Museum, these are uh, museums where you come in and see, this is very much a doing space. Right, it very much is. We now have an in-house community theater, the Walter Anderson Theater Project. We just brought them back, and they've already had two of their productions. Uh, they had Beehive back in September. They have done Scrooge, that's happening, that just happened in December, and Mamma Mia, that's coming up in April. So they are an in-house production group. We also have the Ocean Springs Art Association. They meet here once a week. Um, during the day to draw and to paint and in the evenings um, once a week they also have a figure drawing class but lots of classes art space as well as display spaces tell us a little more about kind of the history Um, you you kind of touched on it a little bit but Mm -hmm. this is a a community that really um, embraces the arts it's part of its story it's part of its history mm-hmm. but they didn't always have kind of this community space for what they wanted to do right yeah about 20 years ago when they wanted to renovate the building they really felt that it was important to have sort of a cultural hub for arts education and culture for the city and that's when 
all the different programming began and all of those art forms. Ocean Springs is well known for its artist scene and for its visual art scene, but it's exciting to be a part of not just the visual art scene, but also the performing art scene, the, quil- the culinary cuisine and things like that. Yeah, w- with your your perspective here, you really get to meet mm-hmm. not just not just the vi- you get to meet everybody. Really, they some everybody's going to pass through here at one point. I guess. Yeah, it's so exciting because we are not able just to work with one group of people. We work with a, a variety of people, and everyone from the artists to the students to the teachers. We love reaching out into the educational community and bringing them in for a variety of, of events. Ocean Springs High School. We work a lot with them. They do some school some student productions for us. They also have started once a year to do Shakespeare Under the Stars. And this year it's going to be in April out um, underneath our magnolia trees on the front. and or Sorry, the oak trees in the front. And they are going to celebrate Shakespeare's birthday and invite the public to come out and to celebrate with us. Now, with all these different artists coming in and out of mm-hmm. the building, I wonder if there ever, you know, people kind of connect in different ways here and do collaborations, do new kind of activities come out of just yeah. people kind of running into each other here? That's one of the most exciting things that we've had the opportunity to see, especially when it comes to the theater. Um, we've had several in-house produced shows, such as some of our drag shows. And they people that have never met one another, they, they learn from each other, they collaborate, and they work on new projects in the future. Um, Gus Stevens was one of those specifically. Um, we had Edward St. Pay, who uh, he works with our public access channel, Ocean 7. And he came over. He, it's been a long time since he performed. He performed in that show, and then he connected with different graphic designers and artists. And he just recently helped us with one of our oral history projects. But it's just great seeing all of those people come together to create something new. You're listening to the Arts Hour on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Larry Morrissey, and I'm today I'm in Ocean Springs at the Mary C. And I'm with Stacy Howes, the executive director of the Mary C. Um, you just mentioned in, in brief, I, I want to kind of get into more detail about kind of your theater program mm-hmm. here. First, just tell us a little about people on the coast know the name Gus Stevens. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a famous name, but tell kind of the, the people yeah. in Pana talk about a little bit about Gus Stevens and what you're trying to do with that show. Yeah, Gus Stevens, it was a famous dinner club back in the 50s, in the 60s. And there was a variety of people who came down to visit that club um, from... Uh, Ocean Springs was a great place for the the rich and the famous to come. They came out. They would come to Gulf Hills. At Gulf Hills, Elvis stayed there. El Capone stayed there. It used to be a dude ranch. And when they would come down to the area to get away from the busyness busyness of life, they would also stop in and perform at the at Gus Stevens. So there, it was just a variety of entertainment um, that the public could go and see. So we had Gus Stevens revisited a couple of times in the past year, and it was a way of celebrating celebrating Gus Stevens, all of the music, the acts, and to give that back to our community. So the show kind of hits on maybe some of the people that people remember who who would come through and kind yes. of feature their music and that? Yeah, some of the music. And uh, we also had Nita Procell. She was one of the comedians back in the day. And she came, she was actually one of the comedians here for the first time that um, we did Gus Stevens Revisited. She got ill the second time and she couldn't come again. But hopefully if we do that again, she'll be able to be with us. But Carolyn Martin, she is um, she's a local singer. Karen Abernathy, sort of a local celebrity. And then we also had our house band as well. 
talk about talk more about your theater because it's a really beautiful space. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the many spaces yeah. in in the in the center. Yeah, it was, as we said, it was built in 1927, and we had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go back in and to repaint it, so it really does have the look of a theater from the 1920s, the 1930s, and on the walls, it has reproduction murals um, of Walter Anderson. The originals were here, but during the renovation, they took those out, took them to the community center of the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. We put up reproductions, and it does seat about 383 people in our theater, and we have everything from recitals to um, community theater productions to the Vienna Boys Choir. And you you mentioned the uh, the Walter Anderson Players, is that right? Are the Yes, it was the Walter Anderson Players. They have rebranded themselves oh, okay. and come back this year, and they they are now the Walter Anderson Theater Project. Okay, so that's a community group. They're they're not. Mm-hmm necessarily affiliated with you officially, but they use the space. Right. Well, it's a partner organization. And back about 19 years ago, the Walter Anderson players, they were interested in having a space of their own. So they helped to invest in the renovation of the space itself. So for the last 19 or so years, they have been a part of us. They really haven't had any plays for the last couple of years. So they, like I said, they have sort of rebranded and they're coming back stronger than ever. And then you also use the space for your own uh, kind of, um, you're a presenter as well on the coast. I see pretty regularly you're bringing in uh, traveling groups, uh, you know, touring musicians and things like that. Yeah, we've had the opportunity to bring in, as I said before, on the Vienna Boys Choir several years ago, we brought in Christmas Carol from New Jersey. We've had um, Carpenters here, or Carpenters Tribute Band that came in. And we've had magicians, we've had um, ventriloquists, just a variety of different acts to expose the audience to new and different things. And, and I would imagine that's also kind of like a way to get people just introductory, just get them in the doors and kind of see the, the, the facility in a bigger way too. Right. And because we do have a variety of programming, we even have things like the Almond Brothers, that was an in-house produced um, band, but to offer different things to bring people in and it's amazing so many people even locals they'll walk by you know and not really notice we're here but we'll bring them in with a specific event or a specific program and they're like it's kind of like an anthill you can't tell everything that's going on on the inside but you come in and everything is so busy and it really is exciting it's it's a hidden gem that we're really trying to get out and let people know more about yeah well maybe just as a way to kind of give people a sense of the the, the broad view of it, maybe just kind of think of a day mm-hmm. in your in, in, in the life of the Mary C, mm-hmm. maybe a busy day that you can yeah. think of, and, and just kind of walk us through and say, well, you know, starting at 10 o'clock this day, this would happen and this, and then kind of sh- yeah. show people a little about all that's happening in the building. Yeah, we open up at 10 o'clock um, each day. It is 10 to 6 on Tuesday through Friday and 12 to 4 on Saturday. But a day in the life would be we would open up our history museum and our art gallery, the history museum. We rotate through different exhibits. We have a different exhibit about three times, about four times a year. We change that up about every three months. And then our history museum, we change that out about once every two years, but we're open for tours every day. Our culinary cafe, you can see our in-house cook, Kimmy Hargrove. She used to be with Viking Kitchen. She was a founder of the Delta Supper Club. She 
does lunch demonstrations in our cafe. Um, you'll also see a variety of workshops and of classes happening. OSAAA may be here doing their visual arts classes. Carmen Lugo, one of our incredible artists, is working with the students. We'll have theater workshops in the afternoon. And in the evening, we may have some stained glass classes. The theater is happening. And we'll also have different oral history projects and lectures happening in our library or in the art gallery. Have you uh, gotten interested in, since you've been here, any art form? Have you got the chance to spend some time learning anything that you've come across? Well, theater is sort of my background and what I, I what my, my main passion, but I love all of the arts and I've had an opportunity to work with the underground theater in a couple of projects in our theater. Um, I was able to be in title of show as well as we just did, um, it's called Blank, which is what was a one woman, one woman show. So that was a lot of fun. And we've also produced Love, Loss and What I Wore with a variety of different um, local ladies. And I have taken some sewing classes and been a part of many cooking classes and it's just builds more and more passion toward the arts. That's excellent. That's excellent. Because you need to be that that person, you know, yeah. you need yeah. to be kind of telling the about the story, but be able to tell it from your own perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but lots of interesting stories, lots of great people and artists. Well, let's take a quick music break. Uh, we've got some tracks today from Kel Kellum. He's a multi-instrumentalist from the Oxford area. He put out uh, an instrumental album earlier this year called Adding to the Ashes, and we're going to listen to a track right now from Kel Kellum on the Arts Hour. We're back on the Arts Hour, and today we're at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs, known as the Mary C., on the Gulf Coast, and we're talking today with Stacy Howes, the executive director here. Now, Stacy, you've been here a few years now, but we at the Arts Commission known you from many different things that you've been involved with. I think my first memory of you is uh, working in our Poetry Out Loud program. And in a previous life, you were a high school teacher. True. Yeah, I was a speech and debate teacher and coach for about 12 years with Ridgeland High School. And I had the opportunity to coach just a variety of, of students. And I had numerous um national champions, which was incredible. And Poetry Out Loud was one of the programs that we participated in. And I had the opportunity to have three state champions. And the last one was actually the national champion in 2012, Kristen Dupart. Yeah, she was something else. She was uh, yeah, and now amazing. She's, yeah, she's over at Columbia Law School. And it's just fun watching how she's grown from there and what she's going to do in the future. But you've also, uh, you mentioned theater. You've been involved with the Mississippi Theater Association mm-hmm. as well for a long time. Yeah, I've been involved with Mississippi Theater Association for about 15 or so years. Um, I started as the community th- theater division vice chair and had the opportunity to serve as president and vice president. I'm a moved away for a few years, came back, and I was the co-executive director, and now I'm the executive director of the Mississippi Theater Association, in addition to executive director of the Mary C. So so one director position was not enough for you. Yeah, I had to do something with all that spare time that I have. Yeah. Well, just put in a plug now for since you are the the, the, the chief the head chief honcho for that organization. Tell people a little about that while we're while we've got you here. Yeah, Mississippi Theater Association. It is an incredible organization, and we work with all theaters 
from children, from children, theater for youth through the professional level. And we have workshops throughout the year. We have different advocacy opportunities. And our big event every year happens Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. And we rotate it around the state each year. And that's where we have about 10 different high schools participating. We have about seven community theaters. We have Theater for the Youth, 10-minute play festival. We have um, individual events for adults and for students. We have a playwriting festival, workshops, socials, an awards banquet, keynote speakers, and more. And that is our state festival every year. And from there, we choose um, people to represent us at the Southeastern Theater Conference as well. The top two high schools and the top two community theaters advance to that festival. And that festival is like the most one of the most prominent theater events in in the southeast so it, yes uh, it is it's the largest south is the largest theater festival in the southeast so it's incredible and every other year the two theaters from the southeastern theater conference they can advance to the american association of community theaters and we have a great we have a great record with SETC. We have some incredible schools who've participated over the years. Um, Oak Grove High School has won that before, Ocean Springs High School, um, and Sartville Community Theater. They have won a variety of times, and Tupelo Community Theater, they've won SETC as well. Can you talk a little about kind of how theater has developed? You know, I, I mean, community theater or high school theater, maybe some of the things you've seen over the over the years, like has our professionalism gone up as our what are are, just maybe talk about some themes over the time like for people that aren't as active in 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 the amateur theater right um there's it's been really interesting just to watch and with the high school with the high school specifically just watching their technical skills advance more and more over the years and with the community theaters um just especially whenever we have networking opportunities, it's a lot of fun to watch them come together to learn from one another. If it's a technical skill, if it is how to direct something better, if it's how to act better. Um, And a, a lot of people, haven't been to theater they haven't been um for that live experience and they you know they sit at home a lot more now with netflix and they go to the movies Mm -hmm. so we have seen over time that when they do come to the theater sometimes they don't know how to respond they don't know how to act should they should they clap should they be loud can they laugh can they not um, or they're used to sports events you know and, and over participating <laughs> um, so just work so learning how um, the audience has changed over time and trying to educate them as to you can go to the theater and you can experience it you can be a part of it but how to act how not to act that's just all part of the experience that you know we we try to help them with through MTA and through the Mary C. Yeah. Well, getting back to the Mary C, maybe we could kind of delve into a big part of what what you a lot of the space you have here is mm-hmm. for the visual arts mm-hmm. and uh, gallery space as well as a lot of really nice uh, instructional space. Right. And so let's let's get into detail about some of your offerings in there. Right. Uh, we have our Albert Duckett Art Gallery that's on the first floor, and we change that exhibit out about four times a year. And some of the different exhibits that we've had there in the past include exhibits on the Mardi Gras Indians. We've had an exhibit on Finland before. That one was really interesting, Osmo Vasuri. And 
And we are also going to have in the spring an exhibit on the spoken word. And we hope to work with Poetry Out Loud and bring in some different artists, some different poets, as well as some different artists. We're working with the Ocean Springs Art Association and giving them poems. They are going to create artwork based off of those poems. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, they interpret the different poems that's presented to them. So that's the Albert Duckett Art Gallery. We also have a new gallery space. It's the local creatives. So young up and coming artists, they have a gallery space here at the Mary C. And about every three months, there's also going to be a featured artist in that space. Um, we do have our ABC license now, so we do have concessions for a variety of our events. We have our theater where we have about 40 productions over the course of the year, and that is a variety of productions from recitals to the Vienna Boys Choir. One of the most interesting um, and exciting programs that we have is the Mississippi Songwriters Radio Show. That's the third Thursday every month, and they bring in a variety of of musicians. A lot of them are, some of them are local, a lot of them are out of Nashville, and that has been, it's a free concert, thanks to our sponsor, the R&B Fader Foundation, and that was created as a model, modeled from Thacker Mountain Radio. We bring them down once a year. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and Ron Fader, who is our incredible sponsor, he's on their board, and he wanted to create something like that in Ocean Springs. We also have Becky's Kitchen, where we have a variety of events through the year. Um, like I said before, is a Viking kitchen. It seats about 30. We have birthday parties. One of my favorite birthday parties in there was, it was for a 13-year-old, and it was a breakfast at Tiffany's birthday party. Mm. And the little girls, they wore little black dresses, pearls, little fascinators. They they cooked breakfast. They had blue punch. So our in-house cook and chef, they can definitely work with everybody to help to create those experiences. We have hands-on classes. Um, they also do tapas and toddies on once a month. That's going to be on Tuesdays. That has just recently started. We're look, excited to see how that proceeds in the future. Our history museum, that exhibit changes out about once every two years. Last year, our exhibit was on Gulf Hills because that does have such rich history with Elvis and, and Al Capone and it being a dude ranch. Um, and our current exhibit right now is um, about Carol Ishi. He built a lot of the Ishi houses here in Ocean Springs. What's an Ishi house? An Ishi house. Um, there is all over Ocean Springs. And he, ha- he was inspired by Frank Lloyd Wright and where houses are a part of nature and some of the houses even have trees in the middle of the house so it's been really interesting learning more about these houses the people who own these homes and seeing how they decorate them and um, to work with all of them Uh, you're listening to the arts hour on mississippi public broadcasting larry morrissey i'm in ocean springs today at the mary c o'keefe cultural center talking with stacy howell the executive director here one thing I was wondering, maybe we could talk a little about some of the, you mentioned some of the artists who teach here, but mm-hmm. maybe you could get in, maybe p- just pick a few. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, folks, we can't get to everybody. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many people that teach here, yeah. but maybe just tell a little bit about 
some of the you know the unique artists that you have that work as instructors here right Carmen Lugo has been with us for years she's an incredible artist in her own right and she also teaches our students um, every Wednesday and Thursday afternoon sometimes Tuesday afternoons and she also teaches she also teaches teen classes on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights but she shows um, sometimes here at the Mary C she also shows at Greenhouse on Porter Amu Circle Art gallery at the Oro O'Keefe Museum um, and she is one of our wonderful young up-and-coming artists who is just an inspiration and for her art isn't just art but it isn't just art it isn't just um, crafts but it really is how to make each student the best artist that they can be and she truly works with those students to bring out the best in them and I guess you've seen some some kids really rise up with, with that instruction, right? They really have. Um, and the students have also shown a lot of their work at, they've shown their work at the Walter Anderson Museum of Art when they have the young artist shows. They've shown at Gulf, um, sorry, Greenhouse on Porter. And she teaches the students not just to become artists, but also how to become professional artists, how to be entrepreneurs and how to be business people as well. And so that's one of our artists. And we also have Pam Coppola. She teaches our stained glass class, and she's been with us for many, many years as well. She has a regular group, but um, she always brings in lots of new people. You can hear them down the hall. They're blaring their music. They're having a great time. And they come up with some beautiful artwork. And she has about three about three classes a week and the ladies that she works with are absolutely incredible and she's just inspirational. She is a self-taught artist and the work that comes out of there is just really fun, unique, and she really helps us to build a sense of community with the people here. Um, Rafe O'Neill, he works in our theater and he has worked with the casino industries for years. He's our own technical director. He's also worked with um, Funtime USA, so he's helping to bring that back. But what he does is he helps to produce a lot of our in-house shows, like the Gus Stevens Revisited show. He's put together uh, many of our female impersonator shows and uh, a lot of the original programming he really gets behind. Kimmy Hargrove, she used to teach at the Viking Kitchen, and she she's warm, she's hospitable. When she has a tapas and toddies sort of class, people come in, and it's not just about the food that they're learning, but they're able to experience you know a little bit of her, and she's able to give back to the community, and again, just to bring together a different group of people. And, and you mentioned the kitchen. That is that wasn't an original piece when the Mary C opened, but something they brought in a little bit later. But it, you really, and, and folks maybe in other parts of the state don't think about it, but there is really, you know, with the the hotel and with the um, gaming industry and the, all the hotels and also just kind of the reputation of the coast as a, as a dining place, that this is one of your cultural yeah. uh, heritage elements of, of the Gulf Coast that you guys are focusing on there. Right. And we, like I said, we do have our own in-house cook, our own in-house chef, but we also work with the community to come in and to share what they know with us. Julian Brunt, who is a food writer and food photographer, he comes in every now and then and he'll teach us gumbo and a lot of the heritage and the culture behind a lot of the ingredients and different stories that he's heard about out on the road. And we also bring in a variety of casinos um, and other restaurateurs who are in the area to bring in their experience and to teach our audience a little bit more about the culinary cuisine on the coast. Yeah. Let's take another quick music break. We're going to listen to another track from Kel Kellum. He's the 
multi-instrumentalist. He's based in Oxford area. You hear him on a lot of other uh, people's records. He's he's very busy in the studio up there in, in North Mississippi. But this is one of his uh, his own recordings uh, called the uh, album's called Adding to the Ashes. And we're going to listen to another track from that right now here on the Arts Hour. Welcome back for the final segment of the Arts Hour. I'm Larry Morrissey, and I'm in Ocean Springs today at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center talking with Stacy Howes, the executive director here. One thing I wanted to go back to, you, we kind of mentioned in passing, you were talking about your um, exhibit programming. You were talking about the, the local creatives mm-hmm. gallery. And I'd like to hear more about how that got started. That sounds like a really interesting project. Yeah, we that used to be our office space. And then a few years ago, it became our gift shop space. And it, it just, we, we had some great people who were helping us with some consignments and things like that. But it's what can we do to highlight the art even more and to make it a little bit more um, of a fundraising thing for us. And we started talking about the young up and coming artists in the area and how can we help to showcase them more. So we decided to reach out to the local creatives, who is a new group in the area. They've been around for about a year, maybe two years, and to offer them gallery space. And they just, in the past few months, they have opened up that space. And when they first opened, it was a variety of different artists. And they want to keep that. But every couple of months, we're also going to have a feature artist. And some of the artists who are a part of this include um, our own teaching artist, Carmen Lugo, um, Julia Reyes is one of those. She owns Almost Circle Art Gallery. Licia Romer, who works at the Dusty Boger Foundation, she has some artwork in there. And Sarah Quidditch with Hannah Berry Studios. She is the overall organizer of local creatives, and she is an incredible artist herself. So they basically, in terms of curating it and presenting mm-hmm. it it's 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 their baby yeah that we definitely work together in that but they reach out to their artists and they come in they curate it and they also hang the shows for us so it's been a great relationship so far and we're excited just to continue to do things for each other in the future and they do they do also exhibit in a variety of other places around the coast but it's nice to be able to come to one place to see a collection of all of those artists and see kind of the the next generation as it were because you you get there's lots of historical looks here but to to kind of see contemporary work of the coast is important because we also work with ocean springs art association they are one of our partners and they have the art house which is a great showcase for them but to also be able like you said just to be able to see the young up and coming the next generation of artists i always assume you know ocean springs has this such a um you know the the walter anderson story Mm -hmm. and the andersons and all that it's you know that you you go to the corner coffee shop and there's the yeah. guy with his, his charcoals or something, you know, it's like literally everybody in town is drawing. I don't know how out of place that is, but yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Especially if you go to greenhouse on Porter, that's also a great collection for the artists and you'll see people in there drawing all the time. And a lot of them, they'll frequent the Mary C, you know, they'll come for a production here, then they'll go over there, have some biscuits, have some coffee. And it's great just to network with people, but it's like that. in a lot of the coffee shops and the local bars, um, every, one, you know, is an artist of some sort. If they aren't a visual artist, then a lot of them, they do have experience being culinary in the culinary arts or performers. Well, when you have a a community that has such a strong identity, it's not something you 
feel yeah. like you have to hide under your basket or whatever, you know, you can kind of yeah. walk around with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we enjoy about being here at the Mary C. Um, it isn't just our, our immediate partners, which we greatly appreciate, but it is a way to bring the community together to showcase um, because we bring in, we bring in the high schools, we bring in different artists, we're a rental space as well as a performing space. So we love to be able to just be a showcase for all of the artists here in Ocean Springs. Well, let's, uh, for people who are, um, I know there's a lot of folks who come down to the coast on a regular basis, you know, to visit and, and take things in, in the cultural scene, talk, give us kind of an overview of your calendar over the year, maybe some mm-hmm. of your bigger events that people might be interested in yeah. seeing. Well, we have our big membership event, which is now a house party. And we did that for the first time last year and it was so much fun. We, so we have an annual rock, paper, scissors contest. Um, and that's great for little kids through older adults. Everybody can play that. And we weren't sure how it was going to go, but it was so much fun. And we're looking forward to doing that again. Again, um, we have for that last year we had a DJ playing vinyl. We did have karaoke. We had um, some art shows set up from our students inside, and we had lots of things going on in the cafe. We had corn crab bisque, and you can sort of see what the community has to offer and what the Mary C has to offer through the house party. So that'll be in about March every year, and we just started hosting the 1699 presentation. That is the weekend of discovery in Ocean Springs. Um, so that's the weekend that, you know, Ocean Springs was discovered. So we can come out and celebrate that. And we have the annual pageant of those different characters every year. And in the summer, we have summer camps. So it's a variety of summer camps. We have about seven weeks of that every year. And we have camps in the cafe, in the theater, for visual arts. And we've had puppetry before. And most of those are half day, one week long summer camps. So the kids can come take a class in the morning or one in the afternoon, one of each, bring their lunch, stay for the entire day. And most of our camps are for five-year-olds through teenagers, but we do have some camps open for four-year-olds as well. This year, we are going to try to have a couple of weeks available for movies. We're working with Parks and Rec to bring some of their students over, to, you know, for a day at the Mary C where they can have movies and popcorn and soda. And we hope to bring in other organizations to do that as well. So if anyone would be interested in coming in for that, just give us a call. It'll probably be um, the first one of the first three weeks in June. We will be offering that next year. Um, so that's some of our summer camps. Oktoberfest. That was we had that last year, and it was an incredible fundraiser. And we're planning on doing that again. We had about 20 craft breweries that were here with us last year. This year, we're planning to have about 40 to 50. Um, we also have, a, we had unicorn rides and bratwurst and um, different Rieslings from Germany. So it was uh, just a lot of fun for the community to get together. It is a family event and just a great time to come out, celebrate Oktoberfest, celebrate the Mary C. And also we have art in the afterlife. We try that again for the first time last year we're bringing that back and it's a great way to celebrate those who have went before us Um, this past year we celebrated that with the Walter Anderson Museum of Art and the Or O'Keefe so it was a fundraiser for all three organizations Um, we had altars for Mary C for Walter and for George and um, people were also able to bring out you know pictures of their loved ones and we had a jazz band and sangria and tacos and we're looking forward to doing that again 
December every year is just a great time. Um, we have community theater productions. We have recitals. Songwriters, they have a wonderful show every year. Um, they have about seven different musical acts and the special needs organization they come out to put on a wonderful performance for our community and coast big band they perform every december with us as well and that's always a great hit and also i didn't mention but in august that is again what backer mountain comes down each year Oh, yeah, they make an annual pilgrimage now to come down here. Right? They do, and we sell out just about every year. There's a, two wonderful musical acts and an author every year. So um, when as soon as tickets go on sale, we recommend you go ahead and get yours early. That's great. You're listening to the Arts Hour on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Larry Morrissey, and I'm at the Mary C. O'Keefe Cultural Center in Ocean Springs, known as the Mary Sea. You can find it at themarysea.org, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And Stacy Howell, the executive director at the Mary Sea, is visiting with us. And we're in the recording studio of the Mary Sea. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're getting the full experience here today. <laughs> you mentioned in passing the, the Ocean Springs Historical Society. And mm-hmm. I was hoping you could, that's something, they have a museum exhibit space mm-hmm. on the second floor here. And that's something that mm-hmm. visitors to Ocean Springs can come by and mm-hmm. see. Yes, we have our Ocean Springs History Museum. And that is upstairs and it was the Gulf Hills exhibit. Now it's the currently the Ishi exhibit. We also work with the Ocean Springs, um, the Historic Ocean Springs Association. I'm so sorry. And they have partnered with us in a variety of different projects over the years. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, They are wonderful. And through a grant last year, we were able to install a new sculpture on the west side of our lawn. It's where the fountain used to be. But this sculpture is absolutely beautiful. And um, so we went through the grant process. And the R&B Fader Foundation was an incredible supporter for that as well. But if you drive by, it almost feels like a little piece of Epcot here in Ocean Springs. Well, tell us about it. Who who made yeah. it or what's the story behind it? It is Brian Milling and his friend. They they partnered together to do that. One's a, an artist and one's a lighting designer. And it changes different colors at night. During the day, it's nice. It's silver. It's reflective. At night, as I, again, as I said, it changes colors. And we do hope to be able to put in some different lighting in the future to for like Christmas. It'll be red and green. Or for Halloween, it'll be orange. But Mardi Gras would be good, too. Exactly. Bring in some of that Mardi Gras flavor. But we'll have that. And it is sort of a beacon. It's a beacon for the arts. They took some of the architectural elements of the building to incorporate it into the sculpture. And it's just a nice way of of having a beacon for this jewel in the community to bring everybody together for their love of the art and to be a shining light for the community. And because this is a uh, community-based organization, there is a lot of community people working on it. I was... Mm -hmm. I was very impressed with your, and also kind of overwhelmed, but impressed with your, your board of directors is yeah. like, uh, what, about 20 people strong? Or yeah, something? about yeah. 17. Okay. So that shows <laughs> yeah. the kind of the amount of, you know, help that you have here. It does. And it is a variety of different board members, everyone from artists themselves to, um, to lawyers and business people and um and we are excited and thankful to have their support they really do help us with our fundraisers with our membership drives and to be volunteers for the variety of events that we do have like i said before we have about 40 theater events so and that doesn't include all of the classes all of the different gallery openings and exhibits etc 
And, and another piece that we mentioned, we, we talked about off air is you've got a, a dance event coming up in the spring. We do. Um, it's usually held in the fall, but we decided to try it in the spring this year. Summer Baldwin, she's taught some dance classes for us in the past, and now she's a current teacher at Rock U2, and she is a beautiful dancer. And she ha- puts together the only modern dance festival in the Southeast, which is here at the Mary C. And through the day, she offers a variety of workshops and and. In the evening, she has a showcase for students as well as for adults, and she is still looking for people to be a part of that. So if you'd be interested in being a part of that this year or in the future, definitely let us know. Um, Some of the classes are master level classes, so if you are a professional, we would love to see you, and some of the classes are for beginners. So just check on our website um, for the different classes that are going to be offered for this music, for this dance festival. Yeah. Another little piece that we that we talked about off uh, off mic was the historical society and the uh, trunk program that you have. Yes, the history museum has a trunk um, through a grant with Chevron and the Baco the Baco Foundation. Um, they Bacon McCarty Foundation. They have given us the funds to create a the Conquest of America's trunk, and in that there is a variety of different items that can be passed around to students. It has the curriculum in there, the lesson plans for the teachers, and you can either have the trunk in your school for free, or you can also for a small fee have a registrar come out to do a presentation for you. He is very engaging for the students. Um, It's about a 45-minute presentation, and we would love to be able to take that out to the schools as well. We also have a variety of tours that are available for adults as well as for students. We can take you through the whole building. Um, For students, it's generally about an hour-long tour, and we rotate the students through the art gallery, the history museum, and the theater, and there's some interactive elements involved with that. But if you're interested just in one area, for example, if you're interested in primarily the theater, we can give you a tour of that and then have a more extensive experience just in the theater or, you know, any of the parts of our facility. So if there are people from other parts of the state who are going to be mm-hmm. visiting the coast uh, mm-hmm. soon, tell yeah. them, give us some, give us the 411 on, on where you are, your hours and things like that. Yeah, we are located on Government Street in downtown Ocean Springs. We're about a block off from the main downtown area, but we're right across from Ocean Springs Lumber. And you'll see us by the wonderful glowing sculpture out front and the new lights that have been st- installed out front. And we are open on Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6 o'clock. And we do have some evening classes, but that's our general hours. And on Saturday from 12 until 4. And if you just look at our website or our Facebook page, we have all of our upcoming events, our classes, our workshops. And if you are interested in a guided tour, just give us a call in advance. We'll make sure that there is someone here waiting for you, and we'll give you a great in-depth tour. But feel free to stop by at any time for a free tour and just to look around. And the website address? TheMaryC.org. Stacy, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. And thank us for, for allowing us to use this space to, to, to thank do these Thank you. Recordings. Thank you anytime. We'd love to have you. Uh, you've been listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. If you'd like to listen back to the show or share it with a friend, uh, the MPB posts all of our past shows on their website. You can go to mpbonline.org and click on the Arts Hour link, and you can listen to all our shows as streaming files. You can also download them as podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, we'll be seeing you around.